Episode 10. We made it. <laughs> Who ever thought we'd get to double digits, guys? <laughs> Certainly not me. <laughs> if I was a betting man, I would have said one. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the naysayers. <laughs> we do one and just quit. Yeah. It's like, well, that wasn't as fun. People probably want us to quit, but yeah. we're not going to quit anytime <laughs> soon. All our listener probably would like us just to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> stop whatever it is you're doing. So we got everybody on. Yeah. We got... There you go. The backbone. We got the Al Capitan. Mr. Zach. <laughs> How's your weekend going, Zach? Oh, it's going. Saw uh, I saw Annihilation yesterday. Not a sub movie, but it was good. Could it have used a sub? Oh, what movie doesn't? You know, what mov- movie couldn't use a sub? Was it in a was there a body of water to be seen or is it Yeah, there's water. Okay, okay. Yeah, so Sub could have just surfaced for a second and yeah. then went back down. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a submarine. And in, and in okay. that movie, it would have been crazy. So, And wasn't the movie already crazy? I haven't seen it yet. Yes, very crazy, but very good. So not, so not so crazy to have a submarine just surface for a second. Yeah. Could be worth it. Alex, how about you? How's your weekend going? Uh, fantastic. It's flown by, so that kind of sucks. But other than that, it's been great. Thanks, yeah. for, thanks for asking. No problem. I ask because I care. Mm. You don't care. <laughs> yeah, you caught me. <laughs> and Brom, how about yours? Doing pretty good. Thanks for asking, Kyle. If you can't tell, I've got my delicious new Blue Yeti microphone hooked up and rolling. Oh, man, product plug right there. Not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. That would Not be a sponsor, really nice. but they could be. <laughs> it's going pretty good. This is my birthday weekend. I haven't done anything uh, over the top. You know, those those days mm. are behind me, but it's going good. Going too fast, as Alex alluded to. But it's the way of life. You really let loose last night. You read a book until like 10 p.m. and then fell asleep. No, I played I played a game of Civ Six with our backbone. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, you should have known it was a joke when I said you read. <laughs> A book. <laughs> yeah. That's true. No. I don't read. <laughs> Never learned that. It's overrated. I don't know why I bash reading so much. Yeah. But I've done it multiple times on the podcast. You even ended an episode. I think you just ended with the uh, fuck reading, and then there was the end of the smash cut, end of reading, end of the episode. Uh, that sounds about like me. Yep. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Thoughtful, Jamie the Brain, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. All right. Man. We should probably... Get into this guy. Yeah. Alex, what movie did we all watch this Uh, weekend? uh, This week, week, excuse me, we watched Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, a 1961 science fiction disaster film. Pretty good stuff. Or a disaster of a film, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) No spoilers. Yeah, we don't don't get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So when this movie... Freaking opens up. It's insane. Like, you guys remember the scene where the sub shoots out? It looks like it's 90 degrees yeah. out of the water. Yeah. It just crashes down. It's like, dude, everybody in there is like severely concussed. Right yeah, now. You're not even talking, you're not even talking about the fact that it opens with a Frankie Avalon song. It sounds like it should be in some like beach party movie or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah. It's real strange. And then, yeah, you get this like sub emerge amongst the glaciers to the, shock and awe of about 500 newspapers that spin into frame all saying the same thing it's like oh my god yeah submarine exclamation point <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't even understand what was going on with the newspapers but this guy the uh, uh, admiral, admiral, admiral nelson yeah he invented this new special submarine that glass, had a glass tip nose. glass tip submarine that drives the ladies wild yes and uh it's called the sea view it's a venture of yeah harriman nelson um, and it's undergoing like final tests, basically, up in the Arctic uh, to kind of see if it can do everything that Nelson uh, claims it can do in terms of scientific discovery and stuff like that. Because, right, that's the main reason they wanted this like window so they could see things they've never seen before down in the bottom yeah. of the ocean. Second window we've seen in a submarine. It probably 
two of like three we'll see because we'll probably never watch another one of these like submarine adventure future films right where they just love putting windows in a submarine they're like imagine a submarine but now it's got windows and everyone at studios are like oh my god yes here's money <laughs> there's <laughs> one link between both those movies we've watched Peter Laurie. Yeah, Peter yep. Laurie. Yep. He's he's back and, and he only does it. He only does sub movies where they got windows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was wondering who that was. That guy reminds me of uh the landlord uh from Always Sunny, Charlie. Dude, that's landlord, exactly Hwang, who I thought of. His name is. Ben. <laughs> Literally. I'm like, there's no way this that's, is the same I love, guy. Yeah. Right? I had to look it up because I'm like, it looks just like him. Except 40 Peter, years ago. Peter Laurie, yeah. Peter Peter Laurie would have been like 100 years old. <laughs> Doing it so sunny. If he hadn't died in the 60s. Oh, my gosh. Um, so the government is all like, this is useless garbage. We hate you, Admiral Nelson. And he's like, fuck you. Like, I'm going to do all this crazy stuff. And every time I do something crazy, it's going to turn out right. Yep. And so they have some people on board. They kind of show, you know, they, they show the sub and they go inside and they're doing all kinds of sub stuff. They're like, turn that knob, do this thing, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we better go see our guests. And yep. they head on down to the window room and like, look at these beautiful windows. And there is... Another admiral who kind of seems to oversee the government's like testing of the sub, a congressman who is just there to be like a Debbie Downer garbage person. They're like, fuck you, congressman. Like, hey, have some respect. (laughs) (laughs) United States congressman there. That's uh, that's traditional in all sub movies. They always hate all the politicians. I think that's a tradition in most movies. Yeah. (laughs) They hate all the politicians. And then uh, they have a psychiatrist on board as well who's there. Not really. It's kind of a little bit of a coincidence. She's there to study stress on sailors and they've decided to bring her on board this one because they're going to be diving for like 72 days or something like that okay. for their tests up in the arctic so it's like okay this is a good time for me to to, to be able to study it as well yep and then they take them on a tour we see the probably the weirdest thing i've ever seen they have an aquarium yeah on the sub and this is where you see peter laurie and he's walking a shark yeah bessie yeah. it's like come on bessie it's super weird uh, but in like a german accent and then uh he, yeah, he's basically uh, another marine, he's a marine biologist again <laughs> in journey, journey, or, uh, 20,000 leagues under the sea. He was also a marine biologist. So he seems to have a particular, I don't know how he ended up getting pigeonholed into those roles. Like they're like, oh, we need to hire an actor for, to be a marine biologist on the submarine. They're like Peter Laurie, obviously. Duh. Yeah. Who else could do this? Nobody. <laughs> I think walking the sharks turned out to be probably the most scientifically correct thing. In Pretty the easily, film. although they were—I think they were accidentally <laughs> accurate on some of the stuff about the Van, Van Allen, uh, Van, Van 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 Allen uh, radiation belt. But we'll get mm. to that later when it uh, when it catches fire. Oh. Anyways, moving on from that. Um, yeah, so they, they're doing a really long tour. It goes on forever. We yeah. see this aquarium. Oh my God. <laughs> we go into the weapons room, and they're like, "Check out all these torpedoes." Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, wait, why do you have like missiles and torpedoes on this thing? And they're like, meh, whatever. <laughs> All right. And then they also have this, the star, the breakout star of this, the mini sub. Right. Yeah. God, what a great. If thing. only it was used to better effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about how that goes. Ah, yeah. I wish the mini sub actually did kind of rescue something, but it kind of, well, whatever. Kind we'll get to it. Screwed everything up. But uh, so anyway, while they're on the tour, all of a sudden they're. They start getting smacked with something, and the camera zooms out, and there's, like, all these ice blocks falling. And Now, this is something that I didn't totally understand mm-hmm. because they seem to dive, and they dive, and they're starting their expedition or whatever. Yeah. But then when they surface, so they, they, the ice is falling, first of all. And then they dive to, like, 1,000 feet. That's like what they say. It. Yeah, we're going to be avoiding this falling ice by diving to 1,000 feet. Like, wait, what? It's still falling falling right. <laughs> it's not gonna it's not like it's not gonna reach a thousand but feet. then they just surface and beyond that uh ice falling like did they, did they ever explain why the ice was sinking no i have no idea because i don't know if you know but it floats oh it's ice floats yes <laughs> you don't have to be a rocket scientist <laughs> to know <laughs> that ice floats so that was one where i was like is there metal tubing in it or are they going to say something about how like right it got so hot it changed phase and became denser like something at least say something bullshitty otherwise sitting there being like why would i even watch the rest of this movie <laughs> just, <laughs> that's immediately just claimed what i ice thought is, like, yeah. the only other time i've ever seen that happen was in uh the gi joe movie uh where they also are underwater in a submarine and or in a underwater base or something okay and uh the ice starts to break apart and it's falling on there. And I remember laughing audibly at that as well. Like, what? what? <laughs> your, your underwater sea 
lab is being destroyed by falling ice underwater like yeah. come on you it's couldn't weird. write something anything better like maybe anything. a rock or something something <laughs> anything so that was already funny or they have the windows they could have seen like the sky above was like glowing hot red or something and like what is going on up there and they the didn't surface. have the budget for that <laughs> yeah that would have made a lot more sense but uh, so yeah they surface they and you're like Holy shit, the sky's on fire. Basically hell on earth. <laughs> and they're like, but this is where I got a little confused because they get on the they get on the radio and they're having a lot of trouble getting in contact, but they finally get in contact with Washington. And Washington's like, We've been trying to get in contact with you for three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. So I, I didn't really understand the time, time jump. Frame. I guess I guess they did the tour. And then it just jumped three weeks, but they didn't really seem to even acknowledge the fact that it jumped three weeks. It just right. started a scene where ice was falling, and you had to somehow figure that out. I, I don't yeah. know. I was baffled by that for a second. I was like, wait, <laughs> three weeks? Where, where'd the time go? Yeah. And uh, they uh, so they get up there, and I guess like the, the planet's heating up. It's at, I think at this point, 135 degrees, which is hella hot. Yeah, that's like uh, Dubai or something like that in yeah. the summertime. But then- the, they weren't really. They didn't really say how it caught on fire, but they said maybe it was heavy meteor activity that caught this radiation belt on fire. Oh uh, yeah, there yeah there was uh, meteorites and then it caught it on fire. Okay. Now just to delve into the science a little bit, this makes no sense. Um, I am not a radiation uh, or a uh, nuclear scientist or anything like that, but a radiation belt will not catch on fire because it's a a belt of charged like ions <laughs> like so <laughs> that uh there's no oxygen out there also so why would i catch on fire or how is it catching on fire all of that is just ridiculous and of course but back then uh i think they used it opportunistically the van allen radiation belt had just been discovered about uh, okay. a year and a half before this movie was made so i don't think they knew a, a whole bunch about it <laughs> but they also didn't seem like they were trying all that hard no <laughs> They didn't care. No. Yeah. And at this point, they see a guy who, I don't even know how they explain how he got there, but he's just floating on one of the, <laughs> yeah. like, ice uh, things, and they go and they rescue him, and I guess he's been out there for two days, but they also bring, he also had his dog with him. Yep. I'm like, where the hell did this guy come from? <sighs> yeah, they're like, oh, it's hell on earth, and there's a sky over there. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they're they're sitting there, and he's uh, the, another funny scene was the main guy, Admiral uh, Nelson, was like on the phone with Washington, and they were like, "There's an emergency meeting of the UN. Like, we really want you to be there." And he's like, "Send a plane for me." And it's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> First of all, the sky's on fire, so not sure that's gonna work out. Uh-huh. And second of all, you're in the Arctic. Where where the fucking plane? Where's a plane gonna pick you up? Right. No idea. Bizarre. And so he's like, but he seems really into himself a little bit arrogant yes he's basically like i'm the only one who can solve this it's crazy that they're having something so we're going full steam ahead to new york because i gotta save these motherfuckers yeah and apparently he's a scientist but he's, he's a crazy an, scientist yeah, he's also yeah. an admiral and then he's considered like the best scientist in the world along with some <laughs> austrian dude which is funny yeah not you don't think of like the greatest scientist in the world like i'm gonna be an admiral and have my own sub do this type of stuff yeah i guess it's the age of nasa and stuff like that so oh, wow. They're sending stuff into space. Yep. It's Air Force, Navy, all that stuff. And so they cut to New York where they're like talking about how the heck they're going to solve this. And there's basically the Admiral Nelson. He's talking about how they need to shoot a nuclear bomb. Oh, so you jumped ahead to when they already get to New York. Yeah. Yeah. So, but there's a little bit of tension. We've got to talk about a little bit of the tension that starts to happen here. Because he's okay. like, go to New York. Go, we have to go to New York. We have to go to New York. And they start steaming ahead. And Captain Lee, who is the the captain on board, although mm-hmm. it's a little hazy, they both have their dick out. So like, right. we don't know who the captain is, but you know, what what are you supposed to do? They have basically two people who are in charge of the the submarine for unknown reasons. It's true. So Captain Lee is the captain, but doesn't really give the orders or anything like that. Yeah, it's kind and of strange. It's real strange. And but he he gets real angry because he wants to look for more survivors of that expedition. He, that's what he thinks is important for them oh, to do. Yeah. And Admiral Nelson's like. F no, fuck no, we're like heading, we're heading to New York. And so, and even as they're heading to it, him and Peter Lorre, marine biologist slash physicist, question mark, uh, are in their room, as well as the other admiral who doesn't appear anymore after that. <laughs> like also probably not a scientist seemingly, but they're all in a room like sweating and staying up and co- just coffee cup after coffee cup trying to figure out what's going on. And Admiral Nelson's like, I got it. I got it. Like given the, how the temperature is changing, changing, I know what's happening and I know how to fix it. 
So they get to New York and they head into the UN and there's this Austrian dude. And he's like, let's just wait. Yeah, it'll burn itself out once wait it gets to, see, to 173 degrees. Which science is just a, just a, I've just may as well have been like, because of science. That's it. That's like, all there's nothing, like, there doesn't even make any sense of why it would burn out at 172 or anything like that. No. So I guess exact temperature is when it will burn out. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> But so then Nelson's like, no, we need to just launch a nuclear missile into this belt. And we'll blow it out of the sky. Yeah. Now, what is your first impression of that, Kyle? <laughs> I thought, no, I mean, what? there's nothing that's going to even happen when you do that. Won't it just pass through? What the, oh, the uh, nuclear missile yeah. won't even do anything. Good point. It may not do anything. Question number one. Num- number two, I was like, wait, is the Van Allen radiation belt not... Is it meaningless? Like, can you just blow it away from the Earth without any, without a problem happening? Like, it'd be like, let's blow the ozone own away. Like, it's on fire. We better blow it away. And it's like, well, aren't we going to have some problems if we don't have an ozone layer? <laughs> but uh, I was wrong. They, yeah, Jamie, that? Jamie, the, the, the missile's going to explode, and it's going to explode oh, outward. Yes, yeah, yeah. Good point. So that's that's all it's going to that's all it's going to need right, right there. But it's going to destroy the Van Allen radiation belt. Now, what's funny is I was looking this up. I was trying to make sure that I that I wasn't going to say something stupid and be like, ridiculous, get rid of the Van Allen radiation belt. And turned out I was. I was dumb. Apparently, there is a coalition of scientists for real on the Earth who are like, we should just get rid of the Van Allen radiation <laughs> belt. Like today. Like Really? Yeah. Because it causes problems with electronics when you're launching stuff into space, like satellites and stuff. So you have to time your things so you don't want to go through the radiation belt when it where it's most dense and all kinds of stuff. So they're just like, let's put they have this idea of like putting a tether out there because it's all charged ions. It's like they'll put a tether out and then they'll just like knock away the ions will become uncharged and you won't have your radiation belt anymore. Is there any benefit to this thing? Look, yeah. I mean, the benefit would be that you don't have to spend as much money sending satellites into space. No, I'm talking about like it being there. So these scientists contend, and actually most scientists contend, no. There is no actual benefit. It is a a byproduct of um, the spinning of the Earth and it, you know. Okay. But that it's been getting bigger over time anyways. The idea would be that it would go away and eventually come back, but you'd basically be like resetting it kind of. Okay. So apparently they were accidentally correct on that and that you could blow it away. But other scientists hmm. are basically like slowly roll. Maybe we shouldn't mess with this giant radiation belt uh, and do major changes to the Earth and its surrounding atmosphere. Yeah. Which I, I would tend to agree with that. Maybe, <laughs> right. maybe, maybe not. Who knows what's going to happen? To save a little money on some satellites? Eh, maybe spend the extra book. <laughs> <laughs> but so to do this, they need to get to a yeah. very specific area and- For reasons launch, unknown. Right. No idea why. And they need to launch this missile on August 29th yeah, exactly. at like 4 p.m. or something yeah. like that. And, and the U.N.'s like, we decided no. We're going to wait and see. And Peter Lorre and Admiral Nelson are just basically like, you, you're not my dad. You're not my dad. Like, my dad is the president of the United States. He didn't say anything. And then they run to their submarine. Yeah. <laughs> like, run away. Like, they do. Whoa. They literally run away. And he's like, dive. We got to get out of here. And the and captain's like, there's people on top deck. He's like, give them 15 seconds. Yeah, they can swim. <laughs> we all know they can swim like fish. It's like, what? <laughs> so he's he's really kind of like a, a Captain Nemo, Professor Aronox type character from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. He's like, I'm right. And everyone else can fuck off. It's like, yep. oh, okay. I'm supposed to root for you, I guess. So they start moving uh, south. They want to go through the Panama Canal, but they are like, we don't have, we need the permission of uh, the president. And then they were saying they're going around the the Horn of uh, South America would take too long or something like that. So I don't even know what the plan is. I don't know where they end up. Like even they never as, really tell you. No, they cruise along, and there's a lot of concerns that everyone's that he's going crazy because there's like threats and a fire breaks out in his cabin and all kinds of stuff. And so they think he may be doing it himself, like he's going a little crazy. Yep. But anyways, they get down to, they're, they're still kind of going along with it, even though there's like kind of some mutinous, mutiny talk going on. Yep. And they get down and they point on the map and they're like, we're here. And they're basically like south of Brazil. I'm like, where are you going? I thought you said going around the Horn of South America would, take, like, too long. would take too long. But apparently not. And they're like, this is how we're going to get in contact with the president because we haven't been able to. Yeah, we're so going to like wiretap a yeah, phone gonna, line. We're going to and... tap in a la the Russia's, Russians now. We're going to tap into the, the phone line that's underneath uh, in, in the ocean. 
And so they send out some divers, which include Captain Lee and the uh, and the science guy. This scene scientist. felt like it took a freaking hour, man. Forever. My God. The entire movie took, felt like it went forever and yeah. ever. And they dive, and he goes out, and he's like tapping the, the thing. They find the cable. They tap into it. And then he gets attacked by a giant squid. Yep. <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, and it's a terrible looking squid. So it's basically like a big like model of a squid like comes into frame and like grabs him. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> that looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, but he's like struggling with a squid for 10 minutes. I mean, I don't even it know. It took way too long. It took forever. But he gets rescued by the, uh, the scientist or the, uh, yeah, the scientist who was on the expedition. Mm-hmm. And he's already kind of gotten on the bad side of everyone because he's a little bit of a uh he's like a god freak a little bit like he's like we shouldn't be messing with this this is god's way like if it's armageddon it's armageddon and if it's the end of the earth it's the end of the earth like that's it like we shouldn't be messing with it i i just i just don't understand why that guy just didn't stay in new york <laughs> like, they, they left they left too quickly yeah. <laughs> he's just a citizen just a regular they're all, guy they're all fugitives from the law so they had to get on that submarine as fast as they could and so morale continues to go down because they're, they're like well he's the captain's basically like well, fuck, because oh, they, they can only get in contact with London, and London's like, we have no contact. Like, the world is ending, basically. Yeah, we can't like, get a hold of Washington. N- we don't even know if there is a Washington. It's so like, okay, like eh, let's just keep on going. We, we may as well keep on going. And then this is where you find out that they have the worst sonar guy on the planet, because all of a sudden they're just in the middle of a minefield. Well, yeah, so they, they have a they have an issue with their uh, they have an issue with their engine, and the engine kind of goes a little kooky. So they had to go into like a different mode, which meant they were relying only on their. So like we only relying on the sonar. Like yeah, like every other submarine. Like come mm-hmm. on. And as they went along, they end up in this minefield, and they're like, okay, this is fine. This is fine. Totally fine. Don't worry about it. Just this minefield. Who cares? Like let's send out the mini sub. And the captain's like shouldn't we just back like just back the fuck up yeah. fix the engine and then we can move through the minefield like no 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 mini sub and then we'll keep going and they send on the mini sub and the mini sub goes out and literally gets blown to smithereens immediately <laughs> I'm like no mini sub <laughs> oh no, no no the only mini sub we've had oh no yeah, yeah. it just like immediately cut the mine the mine floated yeah. up hit another mine blew, blew up, them up and then that threw the sub off in a different yeah. direction shit a mine and then that exploded i was like what the hell just happened <laughs> what the whoa <laughs> it was like a kid on board that they all cared about who got blown yeah. to smithereens like okay so he's like fine uh i guess we'll stop and we'll fix the engine and then we'll keep going <laughs> wait if, you, if that was still within the time frame then why was it okay just to send that kid out and get blown up right it was crazy like i was like now even i would be like you're going a little crazy let the captain take yeah. over or whatever so he keeps on now the captain's like pretty into the idea of you know, stopping it if it comes to it. Like, you know, if it comes to it and he sees him seeming to be more and more crazy, he's going to try to stop the missile launch. But they keep on going. What's the next thing? Is this, is this the next time we get, they, next time we see, they're pretty close to where they need to be, right? Yeah, and that's where between. it made no sense because you're like, what the hell? They were just in South America. Oh, no, they see, a, they see a ghost boat, right? Oh, yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah. So, so first thing is there was a fire in his, his cabin, and he's like, someone tried to kill me, but they have to vent the, they put out the fire, but they have to vent the, the sub. So they go up to the surface and they're venting the sub and they see this ship and they're like, oh shit, a ship. It's like, okay, go over to the ship and find out if there's any survivors. And they go on and no survivors. Cause it's like 170 degrees or something outside. Everyone's dead. But they find newspapers that say that they're fugitives from even like the United States. There are subs hunting them to stop them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we're fugitives. Like this isn't right. Admiral Nelson's like. Well, if you want, if anyone wants to leave, that's fine. You can go to that boat. You can try to get back to New York and see your your families. But like, we're going to continue on. And the this is what really puts the captain over the edge. He's like, you allowed a mutiny to happen and desertion to like legally happen you en- on a boat. You encouraged desertion. You encouraged desertion, which is like against the law in, yep. the, in the Navy. He's like, that is not right. And so that's, yeah, he starts to to look into mutiny pretty heavily at that point. Mm-hmm. And then right as they, so they, a bunch of people leave and he's real angry, but they continue on their way. And just as they reach the point where they, you know, are supposed to be launching this thing, randomly he like goes into the sick bay and sees frankie avalon's minor character and is like what are you doing here he's like ah nerves and he like just smacks him in the face <laughs> he's like yeah. oh shit uh basically what like general Patton was lost his job for uh in world war ii so like like it, it's something that's somewhat frowned upon uh you know authority figures smacking Slapping. around like lower lower it was a total bitch slap yeah <laughs> and so that 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 is that is what officially is like okay we're gonna do a mutiny so they're there and he's they're ready to like get into the launch position mm-hmm. 
And he comes in and he arrests the Admiral. Right at that moment, a submarine comes along that's hunting them. So they have to do some maneuvers. So they go back up to the, up to the deck and they start to dive. And oh, they're diving deep. Because guess where they are where they have to launch this thing? They're in the uh, Marianas Trench. Yeah, the deepest part of the ocean. So like they get keep... down to over twenty five hundred feet. Yeah. That's what they say when they're, they're going. Down. They're going way below crush depth. And Huge. oh boy, do we see it because <laughs> they keep on going. And then the sub that's following them uh, implodes slash explodes <laughs> 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 from the pressure. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty much the best we've had from a crush depth. Like for real. Yeah. Like, but then, then immediately after this, they're like, okay, that other sub's gone. Wham, huge octopus. Yeah, just giant octopus. Last like, okay, now we're getting a little excessive with these extra things. Like, <laughs> yeah. you could just go up to the surface. So now they have an octopus they have to try to get off. And they also do like a little electrical thing on this octopus. Yeah, right? they yeah. shock it like they do in 20,000 Leagues. They're like, oh, we got to do something. We got to rip off 20,000 Leagues under the sea even more. We yep. already have Peter, Peter Laurie over here, but we got to shock this octopus too. <laughs> He's probably in like the meetings. He's like, wait, I've seen something like this in a film before. <laughs> Shut your mouth, Peter Lurie. <laughs> they shock the octopus. Octopus falls off, I guess. Oh, and we're right near Ooh, the here end. Here we go. Two minutes. Because just at this moment also, they start to have some engine difficulties or reactor difficulties. And so Captain Lee goes down there and realizes that the psychiatrist has actually been the one sabotaging everything. Yes. So she's been sabotaging everything and kind of making it look like it could be the case that the Admiral is crazy. Yep. When in reality, she's the nutball. So he's like, oh, shit, I got to launch this thing. And also at that moment, Alvarez, the scientist, he's like, I got a grenade. I'm going to blow this ship up so we don't launch the missile. Missile. It's like, whoa, we really got like piling on it's like hats on top of hats yeah well like, also during this like the sub g- gets rocked by something and it throws the psychiatrist into the shark tank, oh yeah yeah she, she gets eaten which was awesome shark. good old bessie <laughs> i loved that scene i was glad that they used it again like we didn't just see that one time and yeah. it was done and uh <laughs> and so he's up there gonna like use a grenade and so um the Admiral's kind of trying to talk him down. And all, while this is happening, Captain Lee's like, I got it. I know what to do. And so he takes like a little timer, gets into a suit, scuba suit, goes out and goes to the, the missile tube and puts a timer on there and manually launches the, the missile and disperses the radiation, radiation belt. belt. And then the world is saved. Everything is saved. Alvarez probably gets kicked in the balls and then falls into a shark tank as well, probably. I don't I remember. So. And... Uh, and that's that. Yeah, he Admiral Nelson is, while, while also a crazy person, a hero as well. <laughs> Besides being totally insane, yeah, um, is a hero, in fact. And that's the movie in a nutshell right there. Oh, that's, yeah. that It was, I'm going to be honest with you, not good. <laughs> I did not like watching this film. Yeah. Well, I was surprised because what do you have? Don't you have the facts on like Rotten Tomatoes scores and stuff like that? Yeah. So if you look, you look at the ratings for this movie. IMDb has it at a six point one out of ten, which is, which is good. Um, not not great, great, but pretty good. Well, Rotten Tomatoes critics score has it at a seventy five percent. Is that like three out of four though? Critics? No, there was there was a decent amount. Okay. Okay. Users thirty eight percent. That seems more accurate. Yeah. I was actually surprised because I looked in like Leonard Malton, who has like a review book. He was like adventurous tale of blah 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 like like three out of four stars i was like wait what like i would know i'm not getting three out of four stars something that also blew my mind is because like this you know eventually spurred another like a television television show show, yeah longest running television show of this guy of erwin allen who's the guy who made it that he even had and he had a few pretty famous uh television shows because this thing made like back then in what was it 61 alex yeah Yeah. um this thing Budget was one point five million, and it ended up grossing seven million at the box office. I'm like, what? Yeah, it was a it was a wild success. Even though critics were were mixed on it by all accounts, but I'm God. even surprised critics were mixed on it. It seems totally ridiculous. It does, and so not even that, that fun to like like even th- it makes me think that Twenty Thousand Leagues like what they did with that was pretty impressive because that was much better than this film, and it was a very very similar film. Yes, yeah. All right, Zach. Yeah? What do you got for your rating on this? A rating? Yeah. It's got to be a solid 12, eh, three. <laughs> it's a foot long. <laughs> I'd say a three. I. It got so ridiculous with the squid and the octopus and the shark and just, I mean, I was like, uh, but I was watching it at like double the speed, so it didn't take me too long. 
Oh, that's a better way to watch this movie. <laughs> Probably, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Brom, how about you? What'd you think about this? I'm actually uh, giving it a three as well. Uh, I haven't. I need to get some more Golden Age films under my belt, but I hope they're all a lot better than this. <laughs> I gotta this say, was... they they have been. They have been so far. Run Silent, Run Deep, and Twenty Thousand Leagues were really good. Are much better than this one for sure. Yeah. 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 I need to go back and watch. Yeah, the only thing now. I'll say is this not um, just to be. This isn't quite Golden Age. <laughs> let's be. Let's be accurate about it. <laughs> How, how many years outside of the golden age are we here? Is the golden age the 50s? I think the 50s was still around golden age, yeah. It was kind of like it died a little bit with like Cary Grant and those guys, and they died at the end of the 50s. So it's just just, gotcha. just outside, yeah, well, the, I would say. There's like a 20-minute introduction, basically, of the submarine where they walked everybody through, and I'm like, are you just showing off the set that you made or what? Yeah. <laughs> you could also tell when they were doing was... that that you were clearly not on a submarine. Yeah, some of the some of the rooms were huge, like the uh, room that had the the boy that, oh, I used to bounce you on my knee back in the day. Yeah, and I'm like, where are we at? <laughs> <laughs> and what is what is going on? Yeah, that's when we also get introduced to the mini sub. Yeah, <sighs> the mini sub. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> and that one guy's just wiping it down with the the towel. So you're just like, is this this guy's job? Is just stand there with the towel all day? Just dude, when you have a mini sub, you take care of it. Oh yeah. Until you send it to its inevitable so. death. Oh, man. I, I wish that so. mini-sub should have come off in a spinoff. Just call it mini-sub. <laughs> I mean, that would be cool. Much better. Yep, so, so three for All me. Right. Alex, how about you? Uh, I'm going to give it like a two. I just... Wow. It was... That's just, almost down to Asian Red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I it, it was so slow. And I think one of the reasons I didn't like Agent Red a lot is because it didn't feel like he was on a submarine, and this did not feel like he was on a submarine either, <laughs> which you guys just alluded to. And it just got a little crazy. I think they, whoever made this movie just kept thinking that they could just keep piling more and more stuff on it, and that would be okay. Hats on hats. It's just too much. It was too much. And, I like, yeah, they saved the day at the end, but we ne- don't really know if it was too little too late, you know, because... The one ship that they already saw, everybody was dead. They know that there was other ships coming after them to attack them, but they couldn't even reach anyone at at Washington or the United States either. <laughs> so that's true. It, it might have been just all for nothing. Who knows? Because when the planet heats up yeah. to like 175 degrees, not a whole lot of normal life can continue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we hear about all the time now with climate science and everything that you know when the when the ice caps melt, that's pretty much mm-hmm. it. And you would have thought they would they'd be melting pretty yeah. fast. Part of part at, at those temperatures. temperatures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The like a point five degrees Celsius is going to be disastrous. Well, what is a hundred degrees Fahrenheit? <laughs> yeah, gonna it is going to be interesting. It's also funny that like they go to this, they go to this ship that just left Hawaii, and they find the newspaper that's like they're they're like uh, fugitives from the law. It's like wait. It's like Armageddon out there. They're still printing newspapers. <laughs> Are people just running around screaming at this point? Right. It's like everything keeps on going normal. Like, yeah, well, it's 170 the, now. That's are the fine. newspapers not just combusting? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's almost. Yeah, it'd be nice to see the sequel to this, where they return victorious back home to find that everyone has died. <laughs> so, That'd be great. Yeah. Maybe that's what the show is. Yeah, maybe. So I am also going to give this a three because it sucked. I was very disappointed in this. I actually expected it to be okay, considering what I knew about it. And then I watched it, I was like, what, what is this shit? <laughs> what am I watching? <laughs> Why is this happening? Uh, and nothing made sense. It was also really funny because like, you have the whole concept of an experimental submarine that can unlock the secrets of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And then you decide to have it where an outer space radiation belt catches on fire. It's like... Wait, what the fuck is a submarine supposed to do with this? <laughs> it doesn't have to be under the ocean. Like, what, 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 what's going on? Right. So it's such a weird like idea of this is what our voyage to the bottom of the sea will be. Is we're voyaging to the bottom of the sea in order to launch a missile to outer space. Like it's confusing. I don't understand why it wasn't like an Atlantis type storyline. Like right. they voyage and they find an underwater like uh, civilization who's about to launch war on. The yes. world above, and you're like, we got to stop this. Already a better movie. There's, I just made the movie better. There's a sequel. Yeah, there we go. When I was watching it, I just kept wanting it to end. I was like, 
my God, how long does this freaking movie? Why I kept are you pausing doing this it. To me? <laughs> yeah. like, just stop. This, this isn't how I want to spend my time. Uh, so yeah, I'm we this waste a... we waste our time watching submarine films, and even this one was like, wait, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> At least Agent Red was like, okay, these were made by a bunch of porno directors and crazy people, like mm-hmm. somewhat amusing to watch. It's like this is not even amusing to watch. Why am I watching this? Right. This I'm two point five for me. I think it sucked. Yeah, it's bad, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not crazy. It was bad, right? <laughs> I was wondering that when I was watching it. I'm like, man, and maybe I'm odd, but I am not enjoying no, this. No, I didn't enjoy it at all. It like, was weird. I kept finding ways. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to pause it and like go put laundry in or something because yeah. this is boring the shit out of me yeah, right now. It made me wonder how Erwin Allen was at a time, at this time, would ended up being pretty big. Like he made... The Lost World, he made Lost in Space, he made and the TV show and the movie. Or not the movie, uh, the TV show, Lost in Space. Uh, the Swarm, Towering Inferno. Like, he was a pretty big director for a little while, uh, or a producer and director. And uh, The Lost World is in, like, Jurassic Park? Well, no, it's no. an adaptation uh, of Jules Verne. Okay. Also an adaptation of uh, Jules Verne. My bad. So, yeah, this does seem like he, he maybe wanted to make 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, but didn't have the rights to it. <laughs> so he made Probably. this instead. But I don't know. It, like, made me wonder, like, if I watch these other Irwin Allen films, am I going to be like, wait, all of these films are bad. Like, he made The Fly. He made these ones that oh, you yeah. hear about, like, as being kind of classic films. They may have been later made into more successful, even more classic films, like The Fly and, like, Lost in Space with Matt LeBlanc adaption and all that stuff. But, Obviously a classic film. <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad we're all on the same page about this thing because yeah. I was getting very frustrated watching it. Yeah. That being said, we do recommend you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you ever feel like you just have too much time on your hands yeah you bored or something watch this let us know what you think <laughs> let us know what you think at uh this production company name at gmail.com yep whatever that is perfect should we keep on going i feel like we we sometimes jump into the stuff like maybe we should just keep on going with the movie and move on to trivia so everyone's like fresh in their mind yeah go for it okay we're gonna do it we're, we'll do that all right so the model, the model of the submarine mm-hmm. and the interior sets uh, cost the producer Irwin Allen four hundred thousand dollars. Pretty penny in nineteen sixty-one, you said, or two? One. Uh, sixty-one. Yeah. So he was uh, pretty keen on keeping them, and um, so since it ended up being a major hit, he was able to make an ABC show out of it and use all of the sets and stuff from this movie in doing that. And it actually ended up being his longest-running show, even though. He was even the producer of Lost in Space, which is a much more famous show. Got, mm-hmm. an, got a 1990s reimagining, I guess, adaption. But yeah, this one actually ran for four seasons. Lost in Space, despite its you know, bigger impact in culture, only lasted for three seasons. So, Wow. This was his most successful thing he did. Although the sea view is made believable, it's number two. Uh, although it's made believable, there is a... <laughs> There's a large glass nose in the submarine, which is uh, not possible. <laughs> so I actually had to make up a whole bunch of stuff for what it was made of. I don't think they didn't mention in the film, right? What it was made of and stuff. I don't think so. Yeah, said no. it was glass. So there's a bunch of things in the notes being like, oh, it's not glass. It's like or light or something like that. It's like, okay. I think that was probably explained in the TV series or something. Maybe. Um, but yeah, they kind of noted in all the stuff exactly what uh, exactly what it was made of. And it's supposed to be this theoretical material that was much more, still clear, but much more uh, powerful. Um, but even today, they couldn't make a glass in a submarine, particularly one that would go way beyond crush depth. Yeah, go to 2,500 feet down on the bottom of the yeah. Mariana's Trench. Yeah. And then, uh, okay, so for number three, this was he was also the producer of 1958's uh, The Fly, and so he, reusing stuff. A lot of the uh, sub equipment and sound effects were recycled from that. Really? Yeah. So if we watch The Fly, which I don't think there's a submarine in there, although they should make one where someone accidentally makes themselves into a half submarine, half human by Ooh. trying to tra- <laughs> trying to transport themselves using a new machine, but accidentally he has a submarine in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> He comes out I'd half watch submarine. That. I'd watch <laughs> that movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then uh, during this filming, uh, Barbara, Eden, and Michael, and Sara, uh, they played Kathy, who is the fiance of Captain Lee. And okay. then uh, Michael and Sara, who played Miguel. I don't even know who that was. No idea. No idea. He was the um, the guy that they found out in the ice at the beginning of the no, movie. No, I, I thought it was Alvarez. Was his name Miguel Alvarez? Yeah. Is that right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
they were married at the time uh, that the film was made. So she's obviously best known as uh, Genie and I Dream of Genie. So he was, she was the Genie mm. in that show. And uh, he became uh, an iconic figure in the Star Trek franchise. So he, wa- he played Klingon cruiser Captain Kang uh, in the original series and in Deep Space Nine. Oh, and Star Trek Voyager. So he was in three of the series as the same character. Uh, but then they divorced because love is dead. <laughs> and then, all right. <clears throat> so this is where you get to you get a little uh, <clears throat> choosing about re, uh, recasting. Ooh, here we go. So this is one of many uh, of uh, Irwin Allen's uh, sci-fi adventure films, as I've kind of mentioned a few of the other mm-hmm. ones. Considering this, uh, who might you want as a good replacement for... I was going to say Captain Lee, but really anyone in it. Captain Lee, Admiral Nelson. If you, if you, okay. if, if something strikes you as a good idea, you just shout it out. All right. Okay. <clears throat> so he was also the producer of uh, the Poseidon Adventure. So what about Gene Hackman, who's the star of the Poseidon Adventure? Ooh, I'd put Gene Hackman as Admiral Nelson. You would. Uh, you want him as Admiral Nelson? Yes. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Although at this at the time he would have been a young spry buck. <laughs> oh yeah, he doesn't have to be an old You think you're thinking like Welcome to Mooseport? Yeah, Gene that Hackman. Gene Hackman. Right. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Not like a twenty year old Gene Hackman. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I think that's. I actually do think that's a pretty good one. All right. So he also made The Swarm, which is a critically reviled film. Which you know, this one wasn't, but probably should have been. Mm-hmm. But The Swarm, and uh, the the main character of The Swarm uh, was played by Michael Caine. What about Michael? Ooh. What about Michael Caine? Mm. I would like to see him attempt an American accent. I'm not sure I've ever seen Michael Caine do an American accent. He's got a pretty deep British accent. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would. I really I like Michael Caine, but yeah, same here. I don't think he'd be good. No, no. He would also be one that I would think would be Admiral Nelson, right? Michael Caine. Yes. Yeah. It'd be funny if he were the captain. All right. He was also the producer of Swiss Family Robinson. A star of that, Helen Hunt. What about Helen Hunt? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Well, that one. Yeah, right? Can't be worse. Just go Can't for right? it. I don't she, even... She's more of a Captain Lee type character. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, he, he also did the Towering Inferno. Okay. A star of that, O.J. Simpson. What do we think? Oh. <laughs> is this... All right, is this... Is this our serial pre- killer one? Oh, sorry. What? <laughs> pre... Um, Situation or post? Let's say uh, right at the same time. Contemporary. Oh, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Oh. As as he's allegedly <laughs> killing his wife, he's also starring in this film. Uh. I think he'd be a pretty good yeah. Admiral Nelson in that case. He would be. He'd be like, man, this guy's kind of crazy. And then the news would come out that he may <laughs> have killed his wife. This guy like, is crazy. Oh well, and I saw it. <laughs> I just saw this movie. <laughs> Voyage to the bottom of the sea. And I gotta say, I think he's guilty. Just <laughs> <laughs> show it in court. Like, yeah. Your Honor, <laughs> the all the evidence is here. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, racism by cops, but he was in Voyage to the bottom of the sea, and he was a crazy person, so yeah. guilty. Uh, and then he was also a producer of Lost in Space, and I won't use the original series because no one's in that that I really know. Mm-hmm. But Matt LeBlanc was in the new one, and I've mentioned him a few times now. What about Matt LeBlanc? Yeah, Captain, Captain Lee. Captain. Yeah, Captain Lee. Captain Lee. He's a good Captain Lee. Well, good, quote, quote unquote. Yeah. But yeah, at least I think if he had maybe the chimpanzee from Ed, I'd be more on board. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, like a baseball playing chimpanzee instead of a shark, and it's like uh, it's like Peter Lorre. It's like here's our scientist. He's like a behavioral scientist. He's studying uh, chimpanzees that play baseball, and then he's like just playing catch with a chimpanzee in a submarine. He's like, "Come on, Betsy." It would it would have made sense for this movie, just as much sense. Yeah. And then, uh, last but not least, what about Ed Harris? What do we think? Of course, Ed Harris is the admiral. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I think admiral. that makes sense. Actually, maybe both characters. It's like a <laughs> twin situation. Like it's like, oh my god. But one of them we're the same person. One of them is Ed Harris with a mustache. The other yeah. one's without a mustache. <laughs> It's like all split screen. <laughs> uh, all right. And then uh, just to finish it off, let's uh, engage this phantom. We'll take it to the phantom zone. Oh, and this man. is an easy one. It's not even really worth talking too much about it since this. the reason yep. even we knew about this film was because of the last time, one of the other times we took it to the phantom zone. Because we used Peter Lorre from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea through this. And then Walter Pigeon, who plays Admiral Nelson, yes. uh, was in um, the Neptune zone. So thanks. Phantom Zone, Neptune Zone. Uh, he he was in that, and then from there we went all the way to. Uh, so this uh, is just an easy Phantom. one. Really, is I didn't have to do anything. I wow. literally, I may, I didn't have to write it down. I just remember. Just 
recall. Yeah, now I, I'm, I think I'm getting there where I could almost do it by memory. <laughs> <laughs> I've done enough times that I can kind of find a way in for any movie at this point. Ed Harris in everything that's worth watching. Oh, connected to everything worth watching. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know about this, but if they I would call they, this worth watching. They, they can't all be winners. <laughs> yeah, they can't. Yeah. Alex, you got any uh, good sub news? Uh, nothing too terribly crazy I found. Um, if you recall a couple weeks ago, I was talking about how India flooded their own submarine. I think this is the third time we've actually <laughs> talked yeah. about India. It's <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> so, you talked about them flooding and then you talked about China making fun of them. Yes. So uh, I did then talk about China making fun of them. Well, it seems that China may have now smeared them smells in the face with this because uh, they had a... <laughs> nuclear attack submarine that's too easy to detect because japan was able to find them and make them surface outside of the waters of japan we know japan's a terrible submarine <laughs> so i just thought that was a pretty interesting article i mean other than that there is i guess there's some tension between japan and china over who owns some islands and that's where the japanese navy found this chinese uh submarine and really? it's uh, supposed to be pretty quiet, but uh, according to this, uh, Japan said that they were just too noisy, <laughs> so they were <laughs> able to find them. I would love that report. Like, no, you're just you suck. Like that was way too loud. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. maybe we should have stopped the guy playing the uh, playing the organ, <laughs> the pipe organ. We'd be a little quieter. Yeah. But in terms of news, that was that was the uh, that was the only real good news article that I did find. Nothing too crazy going on this week in the world of subs. I have to disagree because I actually I think I sent this out to the the group chat. Oh yeah, where we had uh, over the weekend it was reported that it, finally Bibi Netanyahu, Prime Minister of Israel, mm-hmm. is going to be questioned about what is known as the submarine affair, and it's the most serious of his corruption charges. It has to do with kind of insider trading of sorts or whatever with uh, dealings on some submarines and he'll finally get questioned on it so submarines were in the news for that i know i kept on seeing headlines in some major like uh like new york times and stuff being like finally netanyahu being questioned over submarines i was like wait what (laughs) (laughs) wait what is that (laughs) so that was that's pretty big news i mean i guess it'll be bigger news next week after he's questioned oh for sure yeah yeah It'll be amazing if, like, a prime minister of a major country in the world gets taken down over corruption charges of a submarine when we are doing a submarine podcast. <laughs> like, we're just starting a submarine podcast. <laughs> it'd be like it if makes Don- us look really relevant. Yeah, it'd be like if Donald Trump right now was like, "I need a a Marine Force One submarine." That's what my new thing. We'd be like, "What? what? <laughs> How is this possible? This is crazy. What a coincidence." Are we controlling the world with our minds? Right, yeah. All of a sudden, everyone's obsessed with submarines. Like, if only there was a submarine podcast. And Kyle's, like, scrambling to get it out. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> if only there are people out, us, out there teaching us about submarines. Oh, wait. We are. Craziness. Oh, let's see. I'll go into Jamie's favorite uh, section Great. right now. If I can. Is uh, it about this class of submarine that was in Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea? No, oh. no. This is about a. It's a. Uh, it's like a a dog bowl class. <laughs> wait, what? Like, last one was a hotel class. Like, yeah. Wait, what? So this one, I guess, has a little bit more of a technical name. But we've heard about these submarines a lot this past year. The Argentinian oh. TR seventeen hundred class. So, but wasn't that a German submarine? Didn't they buy it from well, Germany? It was made over in Germany. Oh, I see. But it's commissioned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, made for Argentina. There were six of them planned. Two of them were going to be built over in Germany, and then the rest were going to be built in Argentina. I don't know why the hell that was going on, but anyways. Um, so the, this is the same class that includes the ARA San Juan, which is the one that went missing November seventeenth of twenty seventeen. So these things are two hundred twenty feet, ten inches long. They have four diesel engines in them with four generators and a Siemens electric motor. They have an endurance of 30 days, and they can do like a long extended trip for 70 days. So I don't know what that means, like if you just like really cut food supply or what. <laughs> but uh, they can also dive to 980 feet. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. No. 
Their speed, they can go while they're surfaced, 15 knots, which 17 miles an hour for those who don't know nautical, and submerged 25 knots or 29 miles an hour. Also not bad. No, that's that's pretty good for uh, moving along. Weapons, they've got six torpedo tubes, and these tubes are actually kind of cool. They have an automatic reloader, which can reload the tubes in 50 seconds with another oh torpedo. Oh, my God. Yeah. People aren't getting crushed in that process. <laughs> no. Which we've seen a couple of times. I, I know. So it's always like manual. You got like chain hoist yeah. and they throw it in. But no, this, I'm like, that's pretty cool. So it's like a machine gun, but like a submarine. Yeah. A giant machine gun. Yes. Wow. It's pretty freaking awesome. And it can hold. Wait, 20- wait, wait. Patent pending. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Can hold 22 torpedoes. Uh, like I said, there were six of these planned to be built. They've only actually completed two of them. There was some kind of like economic crash that I guess prevented the rest of them from being built. So they have one that was, it's at 70% complete, and they've talked about finishing it. But mind you, the first one of these was built in 1984, and then the second one, which is the one that went missing, was in 85. So these are older. But they still have that one at 70%. Hmm. But that's it. This does remind me, too, to apologize to our listeners who've been waiting for our interview with the uh, defense secretary of Argentina. Um, I swear, next week, for sure. I've been in contact. He's definitely in for next week. Great. Yep. <laughs> We're just having trouble with the uh, the visa to get him over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't... He's already stuck in traffic, <laughs> right. so He's, he's in this. Panama at this point. He's been stuck in traffic since Argentina, but, uh, <laughs> you know... <laughs> his, uh, his Google map says it should only be 45 more days of driving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Let's see. Brom, you got anything for us this week? Uh, I do, actually. I've got an update for all of our listeners at home. So, Ross, <laughs> um, if you've got your score... <laughs> If you've got your uh, scorecard handy from our subfilm Six Degrees of System of a Down, Frankie Avalon, who plays Lieutenant Danny Romano in Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, was actually featured in System of a Down's hit song, Old School Hollywood. So only one degree of separation this wow. week. So maybe I was wrong. Maybe it is Golden Age of Hollywood. And I'm just, I'm wrong. I have to look this up. <laughs> it's, old, it's at least Old School Hollywood. Maybe that's the age that came Must have been. We're right on the border between Golden Age and old school (laughs) Hollywood. (laughs) Because I think think they mentioned uh, Jack Gilardi and Tony Danza. So Tony Danza, definitely not Golden Age. No, not Golden Age Hollywood. But he's he's Golden Age in my heart. Love you, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) He he listens to the podcast. Don't worry about it. I know, I know. He's on the week after the Argentinian defense minister. Right. right. Well, he's been he's been really trying to get on the podcast. I'm like, slow your roll, Tony. Yeah. Come on. We got yeah. a really big we'll, guest coming. We'll fit you in. <laughs> we'll call you when we need you. I wonder if he's been in a submarine movie. Oh, wait. Sorry. Answer's no. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> a direct-to-TV submarine movie on the With Hallmark With a uh, field goal kicking Maybe. mule or something. <laughs> Sorry, wasn't wait, sorry, he was the trash trash Oh the garbage. He was picking, a garbage man. Field goal sorry. kicking I was, I Philadelphia was, phenomenon. Yeah, I was mixing up my uh, my yep. my weird Disney Channel field goal kicking movies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. And then here it is. This is is it? Alex received some questions from a listener. And that's crazy because we don't we haven't even released these episodes. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> also an exciting week because this is the week that everything drops. It is funny because I I have been linking my brother to listen. So technically, we do have one listener. He's listened to all the episodes. There we go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. He has, well, doesn't have any questions though. Sorry. I did receive this email though, and uh, it says, "Dear Submersion, I am Reddit user Tom Cruise in USA. <laughs> Love the show." <laughs> And your guys' analysis. He says, uh, sub movies were a niche uh, that I didn't think had any popularity. Thank goodness that I found Submersion. Uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, he was listening and he knew that uh, we just finished watching K19 last week. And he definitely thinks the Widowmaker. One the, yep, K19, the Widowmaker. Thank you. And he definitely thinks it's one of the more famous sub movies that are out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did have some questions for us. So I'll go through them real quick and then we can go through and answer them. 
one, as we had kind of hinted on before, I don't think he really liked the accents as well. Because uh, the question says, whose accent do you think needs the most work? Uh, according to this guy, he thinks it's the guy at the very beginning opening sequence uh, where the guy says, number one, missile fueled, the table elevated. Uh, sounds like a cowboy. <laughs> so, uh, And then the next question is, do you think a two-man mutiny was very realistic? And three... Uh, who was the greater hero, Harrison Ford or Peter Skarsgård? He says uh, he'd pick Skarsgård since the sacrifice was actually followed through. Harrison Ford only offered to say, fuck Moscow, but it never actually happened. Anyways, <laughs> he wants to hear our thoughts, and he wishes us uh, good luck for everything else that's coming in the future. <laughs> so. Man, thank you, Tom Cruise in USA. <laughs> All right. In terms of the first one, like worst accent... The only thing I do remember about the accents is I was I was really keen on hearing them. So the very first sequence, they're doing that test. And I just remember the accents getting worse as the missile sequence kept on going. So if he's talking about the last person in that sequence, then I 100% agree. Because <laughs> by the time I got to the last person, I was like, oh, now this person's not trying. <laughs> I, thought for, I thought maybe they were doing a thing where they started with someone who sounded Russian and then slowly worked their way up to American to be like, yeah, we're not trying. We just wanted to tell you we could have. Oh, we decided not to. <laughs> anyone else? Who else? Uh, oh, man. Was there anyone else you thought was particularly poor? Did the drunk guy even talk in that movie? I don't well, think, got, think so. I don't think he did. Yeah, yeah he may have mumbled a little uh, bit. It's got to be missile sequence. Yeah. That guy, uh, his was pretty Those, bad. The, yeah, the oranges also didn't look super Russian when I saw them. No. Normally, you'd think they would be falling out of the the thing they were carrying them and tumbling down, but they just stayed in their basket. (laughs) Phantom. Phantom. Phantom zone. How about you guys? Who do you guys think had the worst accent? Uh, I didn't like, I didn't like Harrison Ford's. I don't think Mm. he liked it either. Yeah. (laughs) To be honest with you. (laughs) I thought Peter Sarsgaard's could have been a little bit better, but whatever. He's someone you would have expected it to be better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You would have thought considering how, how major of an actor he ended up being, you would have thought his accent work would have been a little better. Maybe he looked around and was like, well, no one else is trying. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, I'd still impressed that they actually did like put some effort into it. Unlike Phantom where there was just zero effort at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We had Duchovny. <laughs> he just sounded like the company. Uh, so what was I love sec- how we've taken these questions and we're just like, no, let's yeah. just talk about family, please. <laughs> what's, the se- what's, the, what's the second question? Uh, second one, do you think a two-man mutiny was very realistic? Technically, it was a three-man mutiny, or at least they thought it was a three-man mutiny. Right. the potential captain. Uh, and I think that would have been very realistic if the captain had been on board, or the uh, XO had been on board. Liam Neeson, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Nobody really seemed to give a shit when they did it. The thing I will say is certainly a mutiny engineered by the political officer is a terrible idea because everyone hates the political officer. Mm -hmm. Right. So, like, that's not going to work. Get out of here. This made it look very like it was possible because people didn't care about Harrison Ford. They only wanted Liam Neeson as captain. Yeah. So nobody was like, oh, hey, stop. (laughs) There wasn't any inkling of that. It's just... All right, whatever. I'm just yeah. sitting our post like, here. Uh, it's not like on. Rob Schneider in uh, in Down Periscope, where he's like mutiny, and everyone's like, "Okay, sit down." <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. So I guess yeah, for this situation, it is possible. I would yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, realistic. yeah. If, yeah, if they would have had Liam Neeson's character on board, or if he just would have gone with it, yeah, I think it definitely would have happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Third question. What was it? Uh, who was the greater hero, uh, Harrison Ford or Peter Sarsgaard? For me, this is easy. It's Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah, um, I think so too. First of all, his reaction to a bunch of people stumbling out of a reactor charred to a crisp and then being like, I'm not going in there, really uh, made me identify with him <laughs> because I would have done the same thing. <laughs> and so I was like, he's a normal person. And then he went in and was still a hero. I'm like, whoa, he was like a normal person and he still was a hero. Whereas Harrison Ford. His heroism came only at the end. He really wasn't a hero before that. He would mostly seem to be operating as like trying to make up for something of his, what his father did or what perceived to be what his father did. Right. And then, uh, and then in the end, he was like the only his real heroism was like we're not staying on this sub. We're we're going on to the other sub, even though Moscow had told him 
Yeah. That he has to stay on the sub. Because that's how, I mean, in the end, that's how everyone on the sub was able to survive. They would have died. All yes. of them. I, I also would agree. I think it's Sarsgaard. Although I really hated him when he backed out. It was reminiscent of that that weak character in uh, Saving Private Ryan that like lets the guy get stabbed in the room up top. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Sure, oh, sure. my God, I hate you. And then... Again, understandable. Probably yeah. that'd be me in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> but then, when I guess you know he went in and fixed the pipe, all that type of stuff. That say he saved the lives of everybody there. I think he even lost. He went blind, right? Who? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sorry, he d- and he died. Well, everybody dies. Well, five I days. think they said like twenty five percent of the crew died or something. Like oh, that, but jeez. It said everybody that went into the reactor room died within five days. And of then a bunch of them home. got cancer after. But yeah. that a bunch of the people yeah. did survive. And those those are the people that Harrison Ford had saved. Okay. Huh. Hmm. How about hmm. you, Zach? Who do you think? Um, you know, I uh, Starsguard, why why not? <laughs> there you go. Good enough. Good good explanation. Is that right. always a question? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I've just heard this name a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> He's been saying some things. So. <laughs> All right, are we? Are, are, is it? Is it the time? Is it time? I think it's time. Zach, take it away. Oh boy! Welcome back to another session of Zach Vax. These, uh, you'd think the movie would make it easy. <laughs> but, uh, it didn't. <laughs> um, but here's some Zach Vax for you. Number one, Frankie Avalon spent four years writing the opening theme song. Fact. <laughs> well, when it's that solid, I mean. Yeah, you, you have to. Yeah. You got to take your time. I made it my ringtone. <laughs> Perfect. I was hoping it would play on this episode, but I'm not sure <laughs> legally we could do that. <laughs> it's been long enough, right? You could do it. Who knows? Next fact, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea is known as being the most realistic depiction of submarine life ever created. (laughs) Fact. Doesn't every sub have a place to go walk a shark and uh, have giant vaulted ceilings? Uh, Didn't one of you actually cover that? Uh, Wasn't it like Down Periscope or something like that? Mm -hmm. Down Periscope's the most realistic, yeah. All right, moving on. Zach Fact number three. This is Michael Bay's favorite film, and he wants to remake it. <laughs> I hope not. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would love the sequence in the middle where the uh, submarine becomes a transformer. Right? That'd be pretty cool. Could you imagine the explosions? I think he was sold on the idea of launching nuclear warhead at the <laughs> yeah. belt. He's like, this is what I've... This is what I'm here for. This is my purpose on Earth. <laughs> the last night, the last Transformer film is a submarine film. There's like a whole third of the film that takes place underwater in a submarine. Yes. Oh, man. I hope so, we don't do that movie. I really <laughs> don't want to rewatch. I watched, I already seen it. It is horrible. So I would not want to watch that. There's only two things, only two things more reliable right now in terms of bad movies. Uh, or one thing more reliable. It is Fifty Shades series. But like, if a Transformer film comes out or a Fifty Shades film comes out, there is a literally a zero percent chance it gets good reviews. Just it's <laughs> impossible. It's not possible. I mean, I haven't seen any of the Fifty Shades movies. But They're awful. Please <laughs> do not. I like Transformers when it started, but then it just really got off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, all the actors had all their rooms set to 135 degrees to better prepare for this movie. <laughs> Method acting. Right? At its <laughs> finest. They yeah. did have some pretty good sweats going. <laughs> yeah, I noticed yeah. that, too. <laughs> Next fact. Uh, the movie went through 25 total dogs while filming. <laughs> I loved watching him. the guy just keep petting that dog. It had no purpose. I actually forgot. I actually forgot there was a dog until you mentioned it. I was like, "Oh yeah, he was holding a dog most of the time, wasn't he?" Right. He just kept petting it. Ugh. That's how I'd be on a sub. Take my little dog. Take the dog, pet it. Yeah. <laughs> how did that dog even make it that far? It lived, <laughs> lived out in the ice for who knows how long he was out there, and then they just found him barely alive. Sitting in 140 degree weather for two days straight. I don't get it. Yeah, what was that, that dog eating? And yeah, and that dog was fine. <laughs> All right. 
Yeah. <laughs> it may it makes you almost think that his whole thing into God may have had some merit. You're right. You went through that experience, and you and your dog are the only survivors. You're like, oh shit, <laughs> God may be real. <laughs> All right, uh, a couple more. A sequel was considered. It was going to have the title Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea 2, The Red Dread Returns. <laughs> the Red Dread. Uh, I do not get that joke. <laughs> Zach Fact. <laughs> Zach Fact. Uh, another fact, the giant squid fight with the scuba divers was not in the script. The actors almost died. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a real squid. Yeah, because it's, it's crazy how that real squid looked so terrible. <laughs> right. And that's Zach Facts. There you go. Awesome. I do love Zach Facts because of how real they are. Yes. Actually, how real they are is my favorite thing about them. <laughs> Dude, that squid, it looks so bad. I had to pause the movie and just look at it because I was like, what? What am I looking at? <laughs> It was like a if you took like a box, painted it like squid color, put a googly <laughs> eye on it, and had some whips coming out. It's I mean, exactly shit, it. I could go make that in my garage right now. Probably could. I dare you. I dare you to do it. All right. My neighbors would be like, what are you working on over there? Uh, it's a pretty big squid <laughs> yeah, project. Six weeks later, you're like, I did it. <laughs> it only took me 500 out, man hours of work. Hear about me in the local news. <laughs> Man. Wow. That's that's Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. That movie sucked. I'm sorry, guys. I yeah. feel like since I used it in a Phantom Zone and that's how it got in our radar, it's my fault that we're watching this. <laughs> <laughs> you are to blame. If only we had watched something better. Hashtag blame JB. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Find us on SoundCloud. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. <laughs>